It is the brink and we are back after about a month away from your speakers in which you were missing us incredibly every single Monday and we're coming to you today technically on a Tuesday to bring you maybe the biggest episode we have ever done in the history of the brink because a lot of long-term listeners to this show would remember our love and admiration for a certain actor called Kevin Bacon that we used to mention and talk about basically every single morning on the show, really. We had an image of him in the studio, we would look up to him, we would get our guests involved. It was just a fun old time to be part of the brink. And after years upon years of trying to get something locked in, of hunting the man down, we managed to track him down with his brother Michael in their band, the Bacon Brothers. And during the week, I had the absolute honour and pleasure to sit down with both Michael and Kevin Bacon to interview them about their band, about their latest album, about everything else in between. And this is why we're back. This is why a special edition of our show, Coming Back to Your Speakers, it's not even a proper full edition of The Brink. We'll have one of those for you next week. Today, it's purely about the interview with the man that you've been wanting to hear on this show since the very moment we mentioned his name. So sit back, relax, enjoy... And sit in awe as we speak with the Bacon Brothers here on The Brink. For over 20 years, my next guests have been entertaining music fans right across the globe and proving once and for all that everything is better with bacon. I do, of course, speak of Michael and Kevin Bacon, a.k.a. the Bacon Brothers, who are joining us direct from the US as they continue their tour in support of their latest album. Guys, welcome! Hello, how are you? Oh, fantastic, guys, fantastic. How are you? Obviously, uh, a bit of a bit of a time difference here between the two countries, but uh, you know, we're we're here, we're chatting, and uh, you guys are uh, about to wrap up the tour. Uh, you, you've been on the road supporting this new album, so how are you guys are uh, feeling as this tour sort of uh, comes to a bit of a close? Well, we, this is Michael speaking. We have um, uh, we played a night in Rhode Island, and then we finish in our home state, Pennsylvania, uh, tomorrow. And it's been uh, it's been a lot. I mean, it's 46 days in the summer, but um, I have to say the crowds have been incredible. A lot of sellouts, a lot of great venues. Uh, we have a great crew. We have a fantastic band, and the audience has been superb. And the record seems to be getting a little traction here and there, which is very exciting for us so i would say overall it's 100 percent. and it must be the the fun part i guess of this process of putting an album together getting it out there on on the road and as you said getting the the support there from uh the fans i mean is this the best part of producing an album for you guys is finally getting the public to be able to hear these songs perform live yeah i mean i think that's really what you what keeps keeps it going because you know you if you if you write songs um you know, you, you, you play them for yourself, then, then you, you play them for your, your wife, then you, you play them maybe for your brother or maybe for the band, but eventually you need to step outside of your bubble and see if, how people react to them. You know, it, you know, it's the same thing with, um, I think, you know, painters and poets, uh, you know, it's, it's, um, if, if you're, a, if you're a creative person you know you want to you want to see how people react and and that's what that's what playing live is about for us and and given a four-year gap since 36 cents came out uh, i mean do you guys have sort of a a process that you you have some songs that perhaps don't make one album that you keep on the back burner a little bit rework and kind of produce for a new album or is it kind of completely a new slate and you want to get some new material out there when you do go out and produce a new album i think it's pretty much all of the above um we're playing a song on this new record that we performed on our very first gig 24 years ago. Um, the Kevin just kind of revisited and, 
um, threw it out there and and uh, tossed the ball out, and everybody caught it. And so uh, we have those, and we have newer songs we've written, and uh, it's kind of as usual. Everything's all over the all over the place and not particularly well planned, more sort of mashed together at the last moment. Well, I, I think a lot of um, press has been going around the, the song Tom Petty t-shirt and uh, really sort of enjoyed uh, reading and listening to the story sort of behind uh, that song. And with the tour, I mean, have you, have you found sort of a lot of fans coming up relating to the lyrics and particularly, you know, given that we lost Tom sort of recently, that a lot of people then share their love with, uh, you know, the career of Tom and sort of appreciate that song that you guys have put out there? Uh, I think that we have noticed uh, and that that people um, some people know that song, and uh, that's pretty unusual for us because generally, you know, when we play, people really are not familiar with with, with the song. I mean, if they're if they're kind of diehard Bacon Brothers fans who who have seen us the last time we were through town, you know, that's one thing. But a lot of times, it's it's um you know we're we're introducing them to new music so yeah that with Tom Petty t-shirt it's been it's been nice because people seem to um you know seem to have some some kind of knowledge of that song mm. i think for the we've noticed that um some people are showing up with Tom Petty t-shirts on which is nice. pretty funny <laughs> um yeah there was there was a uh, a very very um uh large uh older <laughs> gentleman who had uh, quite a few cocktails the other night at the show who uh, wanted us to see him in his Tom Petty T-shirt with it, with it, with it on and with it off. He took it off and held it up for us as well. So, uh, I guess, I, I guess you got to take the, uh, you know. <laughs> you take it as it comes, and, and I hope afterwards he uh, wanted to, uh, to get you guys to sign the shirt, both on and off, like as you said. Uh, we didn't see it after the show. Uh, I think we made it. Um, a speedy exit. Right, right. Yes, of course, of course. I mean, uh, personally, I'm a huge fan of uh, Boys in Bars. I mean, I think it's it's a great song. Um, got a, you know, a real different mix of uh, types of music there. I mean, that must have been an interesting song to, to come together. Was was that a simple case of you guys sitting in some bars and uh, coming up some lyrics, or is there a bit more to that song at all? Um, well, that's, the, that's the, one of my... One thing... Yeah, go ahead, Mike. Well, one thing is, it's, um, it's a song from our first record, but in our live show, we do something that's actually really a lot of fun. It's, we did a video of that, that song maybe 20 years ago where we're both in and members of our family are, and we project it and play along with it. So the audience gets to see us as we were singing the song 20 years ago wow. with us singing the song live. So that's a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, it was, it was written being reminiscent of, of um, the seventies and moving to, uh, New York. I moved to New York um, in 1976, and I started working in a um, uh, in a in a in a bar on New York's Upper West Side. And it was I was you know still a teenager, and it was kind of like the closest thing that I had to a to a college life in a funny kind of way. This this group of um, uh, characters, and and um, and and when we did this last record, we. Did, since since Michael had come up with the idea of um, singing it along with the video, we'd been playing the song again, and we'd kind of discovered. I mean, for one thing, we we did not to get too technical, but we we tried to we decided to transpose it up um, higher than it was originally written, which really kind of helped the song and took it to a different sort of level. So it's it's a, it's a lot of fun. I mean, we love 
we love playing that song. We love playing it with the video. Mm-hmm. Well, as I said, definitely love listening to that one. I've had that one on repeat a few times, sort of in the uh, the last couple of days. And another one too, um, in in Driver. I do love your uh, lyric in that one. A subtle reference, I feel, to a classic Aussie song when it comes to uh, Kookaburra sits in an old gum tree. Which uh, kind of to say, uh, that's, great that's connection, great connection it. here to Australia, guys. Thanks for that. <laughs> That's right. We forgot oh, about that. That's, that's right. funny. Yeah, <laughs> which is it's funny because I didn't realize how much well known that song is overseas. I, 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 as an Australian, we're kind of in a bubble, and then all of a sudden, when I chat to some Americans, they're like, yeah, we love that song about that kookaburra, and I'm like, dude, you guys know that song? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> well, the way it works in our family is our father loved the song, and our sister. Hilda was a guitar player and singer, and every time she picked up the guitar, he would make her play it for him. Wow. So that kind of became symbolism of something, but there it was. Wow, wow. Well, you know, we, we appreciate that. We appreciate that. And I have to say, I mean, with the tour, you know, <laughs> wrapping up there for you guys uh, sort of in your in your home state, I mean, do you then have sort of plans to, to bring it out on the road a little bit further? Because, you know, over here, we, we want to see you guys. We want to bring you guys out here to Australia so you can perform these songs for us down this side of the world. That would be cool. That would be awesome. absolutely awesome. Has it, has it been sort of an idea that you guys have kind of wanted to get out there a little bit further than sort of uh, North America and bring it out to this side of the world, or does it ever sort of gets discussed, or is it kind of just depending really on, on scheduling, given that uh, you guys obviously are quite busy outside of, uh, of this project as well? Well, it's, we did a tour of Germany a couple of years back, which was, was very successful and a lot of fun. The problem with the logistics, you know, we can kind of – set up a tour in the U.S. with a certain amount of lead time so that we can get a sense of, of Kevin's shooting if he's doing a movie or a TV show and work around that. And when you go international, you're adding quite a bit of time to that to that run-up, so it just gets more problematic to schedule it. But, um, you know, for me, I'm, I love to travel. I love playing in other places. And, you know, uh, I've heard some talk about maybe trying to get to Australia, so I'm hoping that someday that would happen. Mm, mm. Well, we definitely want to try and get that happen. I mean, I have a couple of ideas when it comes to that too, guys. I mean, I'm originally from uh, the beautiful state of Tasmania, and we used to have a uh, state politician come on our show a long time, actually called Scott Bacon, and we used to always try to sell the fact that uh, Kevin, he was like, your, you know, <laughs> your long-lost nephew or something like that, and we said if we ever get, you know, the Bacon <laughs> brothers on the show, we can get you to, like, help promote him, kind of say, like, hey, vote one for Scott Bacon. I mean, we could get this happening, get you guys to Tasmania, get him on stage. I mean, you know, he, I'm sure he's related to you guys somehow. Absolutely. No, that that, that would make it happen, for mm, sure. Yeah. I think that's, that's the, the catalyst right there. <laughs> the real selling point. And also, I mean, if you go across, um, you know, the, the ocean to, to our neighbours in New Zealand as well, there's a there's a restaurant in Christchurch called Bacon Brothers. So I'm sure we could hook up you guys with, like, an advertising oh, yeah? campaign or something like that. Huh. Oh, well, I didn't know there was a restaurant in the Christchurch called Bacon Brothers. I think I think we That's need to cool. get you guys sort of just connected with this. We're we're helping you out here, guys, today. So it's all good. You're welcome. Um, but, <laughs> but I mean, uh, Michael, given your accomplishments as a as a composer, when when it comes to sort of working with with Kevin and and the band and putting these songs together, is, is there much different in coming together with a song, say that you having to put with lyrics and performing live eventually, compared to writing a score that you're going to be using for for TV and movies? I mean, what What's sort of the real difference between a, a lyric song and a song without lyrics? It's surprisingly different. Uh, the process of writing music for films and television is, um, first of all, very client-based, very um, time-based, huge deadlines, huge amounts of changes and revisions constantly. 
lot of organization. And the most important thing is that when you sit down to do your work, you have to be able to turn off and on your creative output like a, like a water spout, water faucet. And uh, if you can't do that, you can't do this job. Whereas um, in the band, we're a totally songwriting-driven band that, you know, as I said, we wait till we have 10 songs that we wrote that we're happy with, and then we'll make a CD. And it's the same when we go live. The, um, everything is sort of based around the song. We don't really have a sound. We, have, uh, we make the song the driver of the sound rather than the band the driver of the song. And um, this is a much more painstaking, kind of torturous process of which neither Kevin nor I have ever figured out what it is happening to you that particular day that uh, causes you to respond to a feeling or uh, an experience that turns into a song. And so if I write one song that I like a year, that's pretty good. Whereas in in my composition life, I'm turning out huge quantities of music all the time. And someone like myself, I have an absolutely terrible memory. So that's, I mean, one of the many reasons why I've never become a musician, because I'd get up on stage, start singing one of my songs, and I wouldn't remember the lyrics. And I mean, Kevin, does it help you sort of with your your, uh, background, given that a lot of your career is based on learning lines and and remembering for acting? I mean, does, does that help you when it comes to sort of things like that, performing live, that you never forget lyrics when performing live? You know, I really don't forget lyrics when I'm performing live, or very, very, very rarely. Every once in a while, if I'm like super, super tired or something like that. But, but I don't know if it's because of acting. Because you know, I really, I don't know. If, you know, people often ask me about the the line memorization part of acting, and I, I always, I always say that it's, it's honestly the easiest part of it. You know, um, it becomes kind of like a muscle, and and uh, you know, you you certainly. If you haven't worked it out for a while, you, you need to, you know, get your mind back into the line learning thing. And, and if, it's, if it's a long speech, you have to really, um, you know, concentrate on it. But le- remembering lyrics has never really been a, it's never really been an issue. What, what I find with songs and the thing that's related to acting is that if, if, if you forget what the song is about and you forget what your emotional connection to the song was or where your head is at, and sometimes you don't sing it quite as well. And then sometimes that'll screw you up on the lyrics because you're kind of your mind is wandering and you're just kind of you know delivering it in a in a technical as opposed to like a really um, uh, emotionally connected kind of way. Mm. And if I find myself doing that, I, I I tend to you know kind of have an inner dialogue with myself and say, okay, let's go back to what it was you were thinking about when when you wrote this or whatever it is that you feel about it, you know. And that'll that'll help um, both with the with the singing but also with the line. Uh, remembering the the, uh, the the words. Great way of looking at it. I didn't really think about it that way. That's fantastic. I have to say, one of my favorite songs, though, that you guys have ever done, uh, Philadelphia Chickens. I mean, God, that song's been stuck in my head uh, basically all, all, all week. But the, the thing that really that amazes me most about that is if I type your name, Michael, into the Oracle of Bacon, you have a Kevin Bacon number of one purely because of Philadelphia Chicken. So that must mean that that just makes it a complete career highlight that, hey, I would expect you to have a Kevin Bacon number of one, so it works in, on many levels. I didn't know that. I've, I got to check out the Oracle of Bacon. I didn't know there was such a thing. <laughs> I'm sure, so I'm sure Kevin, you've heard of it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's weird. I don't know why. 
I don't know why I pull it up. I guess because we were in the video together or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. I think that's the connection. And uh, just before I let you guys go, I have to say, Kevin, quickly. I mean, my personally, my favorite film you've ever done is The Air Up There. So I'm really hoping that one day we can see an album which you guys have a song called The Jimmy Dolan Shake and Bake. Can we can we make that happen? Perhaps for the next album. <laughs> yeah. We'll get, we'll get right on that. Perfect, perfect. Of course, uh, everybody out there, the new album called The Bacon Brothers, now available online, all leading retailers. You can also check out uh, more details by the guys via baconbrothers.com or across all the social networks. Michael and Kevin, huge pleasure having you on the show. All the best for the uh, final show in your home state. And, uh, guys, head out this side of the world. I'll shout you both a beer, and uh, I'll show you how boys and bars react in Australia. All right. All right, sounds good. Looking forward to Thanks, buddy. Thanks, buddy. What an absolute pleasure and honor that was and can you believe that essentially after all those years of talking about the man himself he's on this very show with his brother the equally was awesome michael there and just a fantastic interview and uh big thanks to the management at bacon brothers to enable that interview to actually happen and uh finally finally have this happen on your speakers. So it is an absolute pleasure to have brought that for you today. And, of course, with that, if you haven't liked us on Facebook, you're going to like us on Facebook now. Follow us on Twitter, subscribe or on YouTube or on the Internet. We're everywhere, basically. And make sure that uh, when you do there, leave us a comment, say hello, tell us what you liked about the interview, tell us how amazing Kevin Bacon is, and everything else in between, because we would like to hear from you along the way. And next week, we will be back with pretty much our final episode from Brisbane, because um, we are leaving this part of the world and uh, a lot of other little adventures and admelleriches, that doesn't really make sense, to come uh, in the few weeks that we're going to be having some special episodes. So stay tuned. We'll talk more about that next week as our little hiatus comes to a close and what a way for us to come to a close with what you've just heard today. But until next week, Hobart, please do keep sucking those oranges and good night. Good night.